Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Praise God. I do count it a privilege to be able to minister in this wonderful congregation. I was telling some of the folks here, I was like, I've seen pictures, I've seen it on live stream, and, uh, but it's great to be here tonight. How many know that we serve a powerful God tonight? I was uh, just uh, giving you a heads up. We did find a place to live in Klein, and so we praise God for that. Um, we're believing God, that God prepares the soil there, that we can start planting and to start uh, building a church there. I pray for me and my wife. Uh, we will be traveling in uh, November 9th, uh, be moving into our apartment. Pray for us. I'm still looking for a job, but we know that we serve a great God. If you would open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 41, we're going to read a few scriptures. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 50. I read about a Navy SEAL uh, by the name of Edward C. Byers Jr., who won our national highest uh, valor reward called the Medal of Honor. He won the Medal of Honor for a mission he heroically completed in 2012. His mission was to rescue a fellow American doctor who was being held hostage in Afghanistan by the Taliban. Byers, being one of the first two SEALs to approach uh, the location, was surprised by plenty of gunfire. Even with the amount of gunfire, buyers uh, continue on with the mission. In finding the room where the doctor was, he uh, immediately jumped on the doctor as he found him and shielded the doctor from getting harm because his mission was to free and save this American doctor so he would not be harmed. Um, even though AK-47s and people were uh, coming and gunfire was happening, he continued continue to fight because he was focused and fixed on finishing the mission. I want to preach a sermon that I entitled about my father's business in Luke chapter 2 verse 41. And here in our text, we're going to read about the young boy Jesus uh, that was fixed on the mission. Let's read. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the, th the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Verse 44, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they uh, returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard with him were astonished at his understanding 
and answer. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? In verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he had spoke. Let's pray tonight. Father God, we thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, to be in your house. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, God, would fill this place, God, that the words, God, I pray, God, would be planted in the lives of people, God. Touch us, speak us, God, a message, God, of hope, God, a message, God, God, that we can be changed and not leave here the same way that we came. We thank you for all that you have done, and I count it a privilege in Jesus' name. And all the church said... Hallelujah. In this story, we see that Joseph, Mary, and the boy Jesus were traveling to Jerusalem. It was something that they did every year around the Passover, for the Passover feast. But this year for the boy Jesus, uh, it was a little bit different this year. He was, uh, uh, his, his mother and father were so focused after the Passover on getting back home. But in the midst of that, they didn't realize that they lost sight of where Jesus is. I want to throw this in here. We can be the same way if we're not careful. If we're so caught up on what our will is, we can also lose sight on where Jesus is. So the Bible tells us that they search anxiously. I'm sure parents here, if you have children, you would be in fear if you lost your child. I know me, Donovan, I have a six-year-old child, and uh, one time we were on an outreach, and uh, it was kind of dark, and I was, uh, you know, I was one of the ones that were setting up and getting things together, but my son was a bit distracted because the neighboring uh, kids had some toys, you know, I mean, it's only natural for a kid to see toys and want to be there, and so uh, I was scared. I was like, where is my son? Um, but thank God I found them. But I can only imagine uh, what Mary and Joseph were thinking at this time. Thank God they located him after three days. That's kind of wild. But when they found Jesus, he was in the temple speaking the wisdom and the truth of God. And the Bible says that they were astonished by the 12-year-old Jesus. But when his parents asked him why he lingered away, his answer says, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? First, I want to talk about the father's business. In those days, it was a custom for, for, young, uh, for the son to take on the career of the father. It was kind of you're taking on uh, what your father has done. Sometimes they probably had a business. Um, and here, Joseph was a carpenter. And so the Bible says in Matthew 13, verse 55, it says, is this not the carpenter's son? So this goes to show that Jesus was a son of a carpenter. And even though he was expected to fully take on the career of carpentry, we understand here that it, Jesus understand that that was not the case for him because God has purposed him for something greater, that he had business to attend to. But when he was speaking about the father's business, he wasn't talking about the carpentry business. He wasn't talking about the business that Joseph was a part of, but he was talking about his spiritual, his heavenly father in heaven, the father's business. How many know that Jesus Christ is about uh, the soul business? 
There's a lot of people that are lost in society. There's a lot of people that are searching, that are lost without no hope. But Jesus, he's about the people. Um, everyone in this place has a purpose and a plan in God. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5, he's speaking to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I or sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet among the nations. So here God is showing us that he has purpose up for us before we were born so god has a mission and the thing is is that he needs to fulfill the mission of his father how many know that jesus will want he he knew that one day he would die for the sins of humanity but the thing is is that the father's business is a call to all us christians to go out physically to different parts of the world different parts of houston different parts of america to preach the salvation and the resurrection of jesus christ the bible says in mark 16 15 and he said to them go ye into all the world and preach to every the gospel to every creature you got to understand it's awesome to be a part of a fellowship that we are part of today the fellowship our fellowship the dna the fibers of our fellowship is about evangelism pastor mitchell said it best the fellowship is a work of god how many know we're gonna need god to be able to reach the nations of the earth the goal of this fellowship has always been the souls of men and women because souls are our number one priority our vision here in the fellowship is evangelism to go take the gospel to uh, outside the four walls many churches they keep it within the four walls but not us we keep it we take it outside the four walls and we preach the gospel to every creature luke 14 23 the Bible says that then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Your pastor said, we got to pack this place out. We got to compel people to come into these doors that we can fill the seats. There's a lot of empty seats here and God has a person destined for those seats. But it's going to take you and I to be able to understand that we need to be a about our father's business. The second thing in our fellowship and our vision is about conversions. When we bring people come through these doors, we need people to be converted, a life change. But how many know we have a powerful God that can transform a life? Growing up in the house of God, I've seen lives change for the power of him. People on drugs, people involved in violence. One day, one day walk into the doors, the world threw them out to the side and said, you know what, there's no hope for them. But years down the road, you see them at a conference getting launched out just as I was this year. That's the power that the God that we serve has. Another thing is the local church. How many know it's very important as us as a congregation to be able to build up the church and the house of God? We are a family. We play a major role. We play different parts of the body of Christ. And we have to understand that we play a major part in it. That causes us to have to be faithful. That causes us to make decisions, righteous decisions, according to God's word, so we can see the house of God built. Another thing is discipleship. God wants to raise up men that were willing to go throughout the whole world. There's untouched parts of Houston. There's untouched parts of Texas that God wants to send a man and a woman that are willing to go. 
Another thing of our vision is church planting. It goes hand in hand. We plant churches. We send our best. We send the best that we have, and we send them out to the mission field. Why? Because we believe God that they're going to be used powerfully for the master's use. Lastly is world evangelism. We don't, our, our borders, we don't have borders. We look beyond the border, the international borders, over the waters, and we reach out to parts of India and China, and the list goes on and on. You're going to have a revival with Pastor Paul Alvarez, Pastor Paul, uh, uh, a missionary in China. All that happens. Why? Because we are about the Father's business. That's why Jesus always talks about souls. Everything and who he was and what he's always done was always geared towards souls. But let me ask you the question tonight. What about you? Are you and everything that you do geared towards souls? That's why Jesus gave us the great commission. The father's business is a command given by God to bring the gospel to all the earth. Secondly, I want to talk about seeing the urgency. Jesus says in our test, I must be about our father's business. In other words, he's telling us that there's an urgency uh, when it comes to the father's business. He showed a sense of urgency and he knew that the world was desperate in need of God. Every weekend in Chicago, you read upon story after story. You, you, talk, you, you, read, a, you read an article that says 15 shot, two dead. For, uh, 50 shot, four dead. 31 shot, four dead. And every single week weekend unfortunately people are jump are are going into eternity not knowing who Jesus is i remember being in chicago and chicago it was an eye opener for me uh and seeing how desperate the people are uh, my parents got launched out, like Pastor said, in 2004 to Chicago. Uh, I mean, I'm from L.A. You know, I've seen some things. But God, um, that really, really, um, really burdened my heart when I was in Chicago. Uh, going to school there, I was seeing uh, the desperateness of the young kids. I was seeing the, the, hate, the, the, the hate that they had because life dealt them a bad hand. Seeing kids uh, uh, young as of, of middle school and high school. Uh, um, uh, fatherless, without dad, dads are in prison, constant violence, um, people throwing their lives away due to drugs, also women being abused as well as, as teen pregnancies, girls in, in middle school being pregnant. And we see here that there's a desperation. And here my heart started to, to, to yearn for, for souls. I, my eyes started to open of how much I need to be about the father's business. I met people that were depressed, wanting to take their own lives because they felt that life wasn't worth living for. We live in a society that the, 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 their, their, their remedy for depression is, here, take more of these pills. Take more of these pills. And they pump them up and they pump them up with pills. And, 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 and eventually they become addicts. This is what broke the heart of God. That's why he sent his son Jesus, because he's seen the lost humanity. He's seen the desperateness of the people. How many know and can see that our nation is falling farther and farther away? You don't even have to walk too far, or you don't have to, be, you don't have to drive too far to see lost people. My dad used to always tell me, you will never run out of sinners. You will never run out of people that are needing the gospel. 
But it's going to take you and I to be able to understand that we must be about the Father's business. Even in this pandemic, you've seen a lot of things happen. You know, suicide rates and, and, and uh, domestic violence skyrocketed. Why? Because people don't, are, are seeing that they, they, don't, they, they feel like they don't have a hope in life. That's why Jesus called us to preach the gospel. We have to have a sense of urgency when it comes to the gospel. It's easier to pretend that it doesn't exist. Why? Because it's much more and takes more energy to have to step up and do something. That's what the society we live in. I'm going to mind my own business. No, that's not, that's not, that's not my thing. No, 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 that's not, I don't know them. But we shouldn't be like that as Christians. We have to be involved in the lives of people. We got to be able to see and see the hurt of people and say, you know what? I'm here to help you. I can bring the gospel because how many know we have the hope? We have the hope. We have the hope in Christ Jesus in the word of God. But the thing is, is are you about the father's business? Romans chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible says, but God demonstrate his own love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ uh, died for us. John three sixteen, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You go, you see here, God Loves the people. But how much more should we be the same way that we not lose heart, but we love people? Sin is, rapid, sin is rapidly increasing and people are losing their life not knowing God. Let me ask you this question tonight. Does that concern you? Does your heart burden for the broken? Can you hear the cries of humanity just desperately wanting someone to listen to them? As Jesus in our scripture, he was about the father's business. Is it a must for you, the father's business? Or are you so wrapped up in your own business that you have no time for the father's business? I had to look at that. And I had to look, I, I, when I was in Chicago, I, I had to see that. Am I, am I trying to fulfill my own will? Or am I, am I trying to fulfill God's will? Because how many know that we have to be uh, in the will of God. And in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17, the Bible says that the lust, uh, uh, the, the flesh lusts, uh, uh, lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that ye may not do the things that ye will. How many know that the flesh would try to get in the way of us being a part of the father's business? But I'll tell you this night, let not the the indulgements of, of hobbies and different things get in the way of the father's business. Because how many know that the devil will try to derail you from being in the father's will? I told a friend one time, I said, no job, no career, no car, no house should get in the way of the father's business. Because how many know that life is short? People every day are dying without Jesus. And we need to recognize that God's purpose for our lives during these times that the flesh will try to rise up. We got to understand and recognize that God's purpose is number one. That people are, are, are crying out and depending on you to be able to fulfill God's will. And if we want to see the nations reach, if we are going to need to, uh, uh, if we want to see the nations reach, we got to be able to say no to our flesh. It can be hard. It can be hard saying no to the flesh. 
But if we can do that, I'll tell you that our lives will be changed and we can do what God wants us to do in our life. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, the Bible says that the uh, saying, Father, it is it your will. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Is that your prayer tonight? When you're in the prayer room every morning, do you pray that? Not my will, but your will be done. Are you sensitive to the voice of God? Are you, are you allowing God to speak into your life on what he wants you to do? Because God will deposit that. He will deposit uh, uh, things in your spirit, witness to that person, talk to that person. Because every day we're walking by, by, walking by many, many people. People at the gas station, people at the grocery store, especially in these times uh, of the whole uh, pandemic. People are, are afraid. People are looking to the left and to the right, wondering what is the answer. I was on outreach, and I'm, I'm talking to people, and you would think in your mind that they don't want to hear you. But, man, one guy told me, I just want someone to talk to. And I was able to, 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 to tell them about the love of Jesus, even here being in Houston our people are desperate. I was talking, I, 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 I witnessed to a few folks here uh, in Houston, and they're open for the gospel. But how many know that there are so many distractions? Our phones, our t- the TV, the sports, the hobbies, music, the list goes on and on that can take us away from being able to be uh, hearers of the voice of God. So we need to make it we need to understand that people are a priority. Let's, uh, remember the woman at the well. The Bible says in John 4, 4, as we see in our text, he says that, but he needed to go through Samaria. Here's another needed. It's a urgency. He says, I needed to go through Samaria. Let's read it a little bit. It says, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son. And let's go down to seven. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink for his disciples has gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask uh, a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? How many know that Jesus, that, that he don't that doesn't matter to him he's on a mission and he's ready to accomplish the mission he don't care about separation or segregation jesus answered and said to her if you knew the gift of god and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his son and his uh, livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up with everlasting life the woman said to him sir give me this water that i may not thirst nor come here to draw verse 16 jesus said to her go call your husband and come here the woman answered i have no husband jesus said to her you have well said i have no husband for you have five husbands and the one you uh, uh you now have is not is not your husband and that you spoke truly the woman said to him sir you are perceived that you are a prophet and then it goes forward 
forward that God uh, does a miracle in this woman's life to the point that she revolutionized her life. If you read forward, if you read in, 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 in verse 28 to 30, the Bible says that, that the woman then left her water pot, went her way in the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me these things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And in verse 39, if we jump down and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. You can revolutionize a city, a nation, if you're willing to see the urgency of the people. If you're willing to say, I must go to this part of the city. I must go tell that person about Jesus. I must go to this nation. I must go to the city of America. You can revolutionize that part of a nation or a city. But are you willing to say, I must? Young person, many young, young people, you can revolutionize, revolutionize your school. I remember uh, when I first got saved back in 2008, I rededicated my life to Jesus. And I was, uh, I mean, I grew up in church, but, but in, in, in this time, it was just an eye-opener. It was a life-changing experience. And I was a new convert. I was battling things. I was trying to make it for God. People were helping me. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the people of the congregation that's willing to help us serve God. But I remember my dad always dropping me off and telling me, son, preach. Preach. Get on the, he used to tell me, get on the tables. I remember hearing this, the stories of Pastor Rosario, uh, how he was a teen on the lunch tables preaching the gospel. And I used to get inspired by that. But the thing is, is that I would get doubts in my mind. And every day my dad would say, preach. And he would also tell me, hey, if you don't influence them for God, they will influence you for the world. And he used to tell me every day, preach. And so one time I uh, decided, I prayed and I said, God, I'm going to do it. So I'm at school and it's lunchtime and, and um, I, found, I, was, I was looking, I was scouting the, the, the cafeteria and I found the table directly in the center of, of the cafeteria. And there was like a skylight on the table. It looked like a light from heaven or something. So I, I'll pick that one right there. So I sat down and I started reading my word and um, people started gathering up for lunch. And I started trying to make a bargain with God. I was like, well, God, if no one sits here, then, uh, then I'll do it. How many know you can't make deals with God? If you're going to say something, he's going to make sure you do it. And so here I'm trying to make this deal with God, and, and I'm saying, you know what? I, you know, God, come on. You know, I don't, you know, if someone's eating here, I don't want to sit stand on the table. You know, that's not respectful. And um, the lunch table started getting, it's, it's, the cafeteria started getting packed. Every table was getting full. Uh, people were crowding in in those tables, but no one was sitting at my table. No one was sitting at my table. Maybe I stank that day. I don't know. But then God showed me, you know what? Hey, this is what, I, this is what you must do. So I get on the table, and I have my Bible in hand, and right away I'm like, let me tell you about a, about a God named Jesus. And I began to preach the gospel. All of a sudden, the whole cafeteria went silent. 
There's about a thousand students there at, cafe, at the lunchtime, and I began to preach the gospel. I had full dominion. I had uh, uh, people um, um, cheering me on, and it was it was a it was a revolutionizing moment. Even though the security guard was uh, trying to grab me off the table, I'm trying to dodge him. I'm going this way and that way. I'm trying to dodge this against big old Samoan, and uh, he eventually got a hold of me. But I remember going. He took it, taking me to the um, to the principal's office, and uh, he was really upset. He was telling me no gospel. And uh, the principal told me, you know what, we're going to suspend you. And I said, oh, man, well, I got the okay from my dad. I said, I asked my dad, if, uh, if I got suspended for preaching, would you be all right? And he says, fine. So check mark on that one. So, um, so he said, oh, we're going to suspend you. But then he said, you know what, I'm going to decide not to suspend you this time. But you got to promise me that you're not going to do it again. And in my heart, I knew that God was going to move in that, in, that, in that school. And I said, sir, all due respect, I cannot promise that. And he said, get out of here, chief. But the thing is, is that in my heart, I knew this was a must. And you, young person in this place, can revolutionize a school because right after that, there was a lot of people that didn't know about Jesus that were coming to me and asking me about what I was speaking about. And this is what God is about. It's about being uh, set apart and being able to be used for the Father's business. I ask you this. Are you willing to put your reputation on the line for Jesus? Are you willing to stand just as I did on the lunch tables, young person, and preach about the truth of the gospel? It's one thing claiming that you know the Father's business. It's another thing to be about it. How many know, how many can agree that in the world, in our sin, we were about it? If there was a party on the weekend, we were about it. If we were going to go out and drink, we were about it. If people wanted to fight, some of us were about it. But how many know that it's the same way in the kingdom of God? We need to be about it. Because Jesus Christ, he's about the Father's business. Even, even after, if you fast forward years, after being 12 years of years, when he started his ministry, he was still about it. Let me ask you tonight. Maybe you've been in church for a while. Maybe when you came to God, maybe you were about it. But slowly, as the years pass by, you see yourself drifting away. I'll tell you tonight, tonight is the time to make commitments with God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to be about your father's business again. Because he understood, Jesus understood that he only had a short moment of time until he had to go to the cross. He understood that at a moment of time that he was going to have to go. I'll tell you today, how many know we live in the last days and there's not much time left that we have to squeeze out every single time and moment that we have to be able to be about the Father's business. There's no time to waste time. Why? Because there's an urgency for mankind to be saved. Because there's a lost generation counting on you and I to tell them about the love of God. Lastly, I want to talk about the mission is still the same. The Navy SEAL in our story understood that there was an American hostage in there that needed to be rescued. Even when gunfire come after them, because how many know even in our walk with God, even in things, that things are going to come at us. But regardless, if things don't turn out as planned, we still got to be on the mission. 
We still, the mission is still the same. It never changes. Here, the Navy SEAL understand, regardless of what's coming after me, regardless of how high the risk was, it was worth accomplishing the mission. There may be some of us here who have wandered off a day's journey like in our text, but it's time to come back to the call of God. It's time to align our lives according to God's purposes. Maybe uh, you're here in this place and maybe you're thinking in your mind, you know what, I want to do more for God. Will you go to your pastor and say, you know what, I'm going to align my life. I am going to set my life to be able to be used for the, for the will of the Father. I encourage you, if that's you, that's to speak with your pastor. Have that relationship with your pastor because he's going to help you. He's going to direct you. He's going to be able to help you to be all that God that's called you to be. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, the Bible says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Houston, truly plentiful. But we need laborers. We need laborers. We need to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to give it my all, 110% to the Father's business. I'm looking around Houston, and I told a couple of folks, I said, man, Houston is big. Houston is big. The whole metropolitan area is big. And like I said earlier, you never run out of sinners. always going to be untouched areas that we there's going to take a person like you and I to go into but are you willing to say I must I need to go there and I'll tell you this night if you would understand the desperation and set it in our hearts because how many know that we have to set our minds to the call of God there's one thing being excited but there's another thing to set our minds because when we set our minds, nothing is going to waver us. Nothing will waver us. Why? Because we know that the mission is still the same. If I can have every head bow and every eyes closed this evening. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.